Happy Hoops Day, everybody. It is I, your fearless, slightly bloated, and a little groggy host, Callan. I'm so happy that you're here. I hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving week. I, I guess I needed a break. I needed a break from uh, working from home. Um, feeling refreshed, ready to get into it. I've got a good episode for you today. It is just I. I know my husband is supposed to join me. Listen, he's going to be joining me soon. I, I'm, I want to say the next episode, but I just can't promise at this point. Here's the deal. It's just the two of us. We have to record once our son is sleeping and he has been staying up incredibly late So it's hard for us to record (laughs) when he's not sleeping because he has no concept of not interrupting us. So that's that. But I will I will tell you how we met at the end of this episode to give you a little amuse bouche, if you would. Um, Housekeeping items. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please follow me on Instagram. Gold Hoops Show. DM me. Ask me questions. What do you want to hear about on the podcast? Give me your feedback. Um, Just say hi. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much to everybody who's left a review. It's like a little poetic hug, um, a safe hug in these dark, dark times. So thank you so much for leaving reviews. And to everybody who has subscribed, I'm so grateful for you. I will never be able to stop thanking you. It just, your support is overwhelming. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you want to email me, my email is goldhoopshow at gmail. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into it. How was your Thanksgiving? Mine was amazing. I kind of, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday as I shared with you. And I kind of went into Thanksgiving like, oh, this is going to suck, you know, um, not seeing family, but I'll be honest with you. I really enjoyed it. And I do have to acknowledge um, that I'm incredibly blessed to have, you know, my son and my husband in my household. I do have a handful of friends who live alone. They're single. They um, chose to not celebrate with family this year um, to keep their community safe, their family safe, themselves safe. And if that is you, or even if you sacrificed this holiday you didn't see family, you just spent it with whomever lives in your household, or you shared the event with one other household, I just want to acknowledge you (laughs) Um, and say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's a difficult decision to make, but we are still in a pandemic. I don't care what your views are, and whether we want to acknowledge it or not, limiting our interaction with other people is beneficial right now. And so if you are somebody who sacrificed in any way this Thanksgiving, thank you so much for making those sacrifices and and making those choices. Um, It's such a tough decision to make, especially when we have elderly relatives that we want to spend every second with. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But my Thanksgiving... It was, it was so chill, you guys. I made the Thanksgiving dinner all by myself, which, do you have weird anxieties, like things that you're worried about for really no reason? One of mine was making a holiday meal all by myself. 
don't I don't know why. Like, what did I think? Someone was going to break in my house and say, I'm going to kill your whole family unless you make the Thanksgiving meal right now. Like, I don't know where this came from, but I made the whole meal. And it was just nice to have things on my own timeline. Traveling with my son is really difficult, especially when we're going to someone's house who has neurotypical children. I just feel so much pressure because I feel like there's a constant comparison, even if it's people within my family who are not trying to make the comparison. It's just so stressful for me traveling with him. Um, so it was so nice. It was so nice, so chill. Um, but I did definitely miss my family. So we had this holiday break, obviously. A lot of folks did. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't really drank during quarantine. I've drank a handful of times, maybe three or four times, and just got a little tipsy. Um, I have nothing against, you know, you drink when you want to drink. I just, I have to be in the right mindset to drink, and it's safe to say I've not been in a, a, a good mindset this whole year. <laughs> I've tried to be. So um, I was like, you know what? I've got this four-day weekend. I'm going to cut loose one night. So Enrique and I, on Friday night... Um, cut loose. Mostly me, because somebody's got to hold it down for David. But you guys, when I say I cut loose, I got us these little decorative cups that look like um, Christmas ornaments, and they you can't see through them, right? So I didn't realize how strong my drinks were that I was making. I was whistling Dixie. I had so much fun. My husband and I, our love language is roasting one another. And if you put alcohol in the mix, it's like on a level 500. So we were just roasting one another, playing skip bow. I was in tears. I was laughing so hard. I mean, my sides still hurt. And this was five days ago. It was so much fun. And it felt so good to just take a deep breath. You know, I feel like the alcohol gave me the physical relief almost. Like I was able to release tension just in my shoulders and my jaw because I've just been a mess, you know? So it was so much fun and I had a total blast. But towards the end of the night, I started to get emotional as one does. Maybe not everybody, but first I started crying about my grandmother because, you know, I'm obsessed with my grandma's like everything to me. And I haven't been able to see her. So I was crying about that. And then I was crying about friendships and the loss of friendships. And so I was reaching out to a couple of my friends like, oh, I just want to, you know, call my friend and this friend that I've, you guys can do the math. You know who I'm talking about. So this friend that I've disconnected with, like, should I even reach out? I don't know what to do. And my friend Erica was like, why don't you write down everything you want to say and then just don't send it. And if you wake up in the morning and you still want to send it, send it. I'm like, oh my God, that is incredible advice. So what do I do? I write this. I don't, you guys, I don't know how I cranked this out. I, I wish that I could read this aloud on the podcast. It is the most beautiful piece of literature. I don't know how I wrote this, period, but certainly not six cocktails in. It's so eloquent. <laughs> So I wrote this and then what do I do? I email it at three in the morning. 
And long story short, it's put me in a weird headspace, not because I regret sending the letter. I definitely don't regret sending the letter or saying how I feel. I just, it opened a line of communication that was super short. And I guess I didn't get what I wanted out of it. I wanted to open a constant communication and it was just kind of one transaction type of thing. I talked about universal lessons before, but I'm a Gemini and we have no patience. And a lesson that I need to learn is to just be more freaking patient. You know, I try to force things all the time. I, because I am so eloquent and I'm able to express how I feel, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know, I could talk about anything all day long. Um, because I'm able to express how I feel, I really struggle when other people can't do that. And even if it's something that they're not capable of or something maybe they don't want to do, I just don't know how to handle that. So then I obsess about like, why isn't this person getting back to me? Why would they do this? Why this, that, you know? And I, I think what I need to learn as an adult is no response is definitely a response. If you're not hearing from somebody, that's a response. If somebody wants to be in touch with you, they will be in touch with you, period. Um, I I don't know how to accept that and I don't know how to learn that. And so, again, being the Gemini that I am, I've been talking about this situation with my close friends, which they're probably so effing sick of hearing about it. You know that episode of Sex in the City where Carrie cannot stop talking about Big and her friends are all like, listen, girl, you need to go to therapy. I am Carrie recently talking about this situation. Um, and I was talking to my friend Erica and she shared with me a story that she had this really close friend growing up, but this friend had problematic behavior and long story short, it ended up that they had to separate and her family had to sit her down and talk to her about how you can love people from afar and you know, this and that. And so Erica said to me in a text, Callan, I'm telling you now, <laughs> you can love somebody and you can keep them out of your life. And that is such a hard concept for me because if I love someone and I care about somebody, even if they've wronged me and even if they continue to wrong me, I, I still want to embrace them. I still want them in my life. And I need to learn that you have to have standards for how people treat you, you know? And unfortunately, I'm one of those people who I allow disrespect for a really long time. But once you cross that like final threshold, I'm done forever. Like in my marriage, it took me seriously probably five years to get to the point where I was like, I'm done. And then once I was done, I was done. There's no turning back. I don't ever want to speak to you again. Um, so I want to say that to you. If there's somebody in your life or there's a cycle that you're caught in, we can still care about these people. We can still care about <laughs> these bad habits or these cycles, but not accept them into our life. And for anybody that's struggling with that, 
I embrace you so tightly because I am really struggling with this and we have to focus on a mind shift. Like I have to let go of the fact that my best friend that I was so close with for so long is now a stranger to me and focus on the people that nine months ago were complete strangers and now are dear friends. I mean, I can think of Erica, if you're listening to this, we didn't know each other really a year ago. You're now a very close friend of me. Mary, I gave you a shout out last week. I didn't know you two months ago. I now consider you to be a friend. Elizabeth, if you're listening to this, I didn't know you a year ago. You're now a very close friend. Melissa, you and I, you know, we've gotten so close over the last couple months. So I have to think about that type of thing. Um, But if you're going through that struggle, I embrace you. It's a hard struggle to go through. It's hard when we don't have distractions um, and it's takes up mind space, but stay strong. Know that you're, you're deserving of being treated well. You're deserving of being communicated with. And God damn it, if I've learned anything, being vulnerable, being vulnerable and expressing how you feel and being an open book is an absolute superpower. I have always been incredibly open. Obviously, this is my second podcast. Um, And I feel sometimes people view that as a weakness. That is a strength. That is an absolute strength. And being able to express how you feel is far more comfortable than having the weight of regret. So I'm with you on this. Let's get through this. Um, Can I tell you something that I think is hysterical? Did you guys see that Joe Biden fractured his foot? Is it funny that he fractured his foot? No. But... (laughs) Joe Biden got like a hairline fracture in his foot while he was playing with his dog. Why do I find this funny? Because it's so wholesome. You know, like here's (laughs) Grandpa Joe in the backyard throwing a ball with his dog, fractures his foot. This is now headline news, a small hairline fracture. I was watching all my news sources. I wake up in the morning before I go to work in my living room I watch all the monologues from like the late night shows you know and they all talked about how he fractured his foot and then they show the clip of him like getting out of his car he's got a boot on his leg and he's like my foot feels good and he's like lifting it up and down doesn't this feel nice doesn't this feel good like just a simple hairline fracture this is where we're at like It's simple. It's easy. There's no drama. I watched this clip of him getting out of the car and I'm like, is he going to set his hair on fire and then call women big slut pigs? No, he's just going to give us a thumbs up. All right, cool. (laughs) We're in the right direction. It's just so boring. And that is so lovely. Although I must admit, I do fear for every comedian during Biden's administration, because what is it that you guys are going to talk about? Remember like when Obama was president and you would go three or four days without even thinking about him? That's what we're headed into. So, Joe, I hope you mend your foot. God bless you. But I don't want to hear from you for another week, okay? Please don't stub your toe. Um, Speaking of senior citizens, my grandma, to talk about her again. Honestly, I should just start a podcast called Why Do I Love My Grandmother? Because I could talk about this woman all day long. My grandma is so sweet. She is a 
a Catholic, a strong Catholic, but she's also incredibly progressive for being 82 years old. Um, and just the, <laughs> the sweetest, funniest woman. Um, she doesn't swear, but she's like, thinks it's funny if I swear. She's one of those types. So I was talking to her the other day. She doesn't go anywhere. She lives in a town of four people, pretty much. So she doesn't go anywhere or do anything, okay? She goes to church, which she's, I told her she needs to stop doing because of the crowds, not because of Jesus. Um, Jesus, if you're listening, how are you? And she goes to like this old lady social group once a week. It's like eight of them get together in the church and they talk about living a healthy lifestyle, which is funny because I don't even think like they sell vegetables at the grocery store in this town. It's just like hot Cheetos, Mountain Dew and ring pops. Um, so I call her, I talk to her every day and I could tell that she's incredibly nervous. I'm like, what is it, Graham? And she goes, well, now, mind you, my grandma still is totally with it. Um, but, you know, as, the, as folks start to get a little bit older, they start to lose their wit a little bit, you know. So I said, Graham, what's what's going on? And she goes, well, Callan, I fear I exposed myself. And I was like, what? She's like, Yes. I went to Tops. That's the name of the social group. I went to Tops and I was there and I exposed myself. And I'm like, oh my God, she's completely lost her mind. She showed her bare ass or boobs at her social event. I'm like, what do you, why would you do that? And she's like, well, I didn't know necessarily. And, and then I was like, oh, you got exposed. I was like, okay, grandma, we need to work on the wording. Um, saying that you exposed yourself means that like indecent exposure, like you showed your private parts. Getting exposed means that you came in contact with coronavirus. <laughs> so anyway, my grandma did not show her private parts to her lady friends. She was in the presence of somebody that had the coronavirus, but we're 10 days out, no symptoms. So she's either asymptomatic, asymptomatic or um, she'll be fine. Uh, shout out to the grandmas out there. Don't expose yourself. Okay, something happened to me last week. And you guys really have to tell me. You have to call me out and tell me if I'm being a spoiled brat. Okay. The prelude. I know that this has been a hard year. Okay. I get it. It's a hard year. People have lost their jobs. People are food insecure. Um, people don't know how to keep lights on. They're losing their homes. I acknowledge that fully, okay? I just want to say in this particular situation, this person is not food insecure. They are doing very, 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 very well, okay? I also want to say that I acknowledge that people give gifts a little bit differently. Um, so everybody is a little different. But last week, I was given a gift card by somebody who did not have to give me anything. Okay. They did not have to give me anything because it was like Thanksgiving. You know, that's not a gift holiday. But they chose to give me a gift card to Starbucks for $5. Now I want to kindly point out very kindly 
that the drink that I get at Starbucks is $6.71, okay? So the gift card did not even cover one drink at Starbucks. Now, again, grateful for an extension of generosity at any point in time, but I'm thinking to myself, this person is doing well. Capital W E double hockey sticks. Well, well, well. And you couldn't even do the $10. Now, if I got a $5 gift card from tr honestly, truly anyone else, I'd be like, thank you so much. This is so thoughtful. This is so great. You know, whatever. But I tend to come from a place of like, if we're going to do gift cards, we're going to do $10, right? Like even if the gift card is to McDonald's, which is that a thing? I don't know. Or Starbucks, we're doing $10. Like if I'm going to get you a Starbucks gift card, you know what, baby, I'm going to buy you a venti drink and I'm going to buy you a freaking croissant to go with it because that's just how I roll. That's just how I roll. So now I have this $5 gift card and I have anxiety over it because it's like, what I, I I just don't know. It just, I feel so uncomfortable by it. Like, do we do $5 gift cards? So here I am thinking about the $5 gift card. A, because I think I have like undiagnosed compulsive thoughts. B, what else am I doing? I have nothing else to do. Um, so <laughs> I spent two days thinking about a $5 gift card. I wish I could give you more details, but I just can't for reasons that I can't explain. Um, so I go to Starbucks and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give them the gift card and then I'm going to pay the $1.71 difference and it's going to be fine and no one's going to care and da -da -da, da da So what do I do? I pull up to the window and the barista says to me, I just want you to know the person in front of you paid for your drink. And you know what that was? That was the universe standing in front of my car with its, with its arms crossed and saying, Callan, you ungrateful little bitch. How do you feel now? You feel good having a meltdown over a $5 gift card? You feel proud? You shouldn't. You greedy little brat. But still, can can we just all agree it's $10? It's $10, right? It's 10. Maybe even 7. I would I would be okay with 7. Anyway, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I'm sending you a $3.33 gift card to Burger King. Okay. It's my favorite time of the year. And by that, I of course mean it's the season of Advent calendars. That was a joke. By the way, were Advent calendars a thing before this year? Yesterday was December 1st. Social media, it was all posting pictures of snow because it snowed in the Midwest. And then the next post was the Advent calendar. And I guess this year we're getting advent calendars for our dogs. We're getting advent calendars for ourselves. We're getting advent calendars for our next door neighbor. Even though the house is vacant, we still got them an advent calendar. We're going to open the advent calendar for them. We got an advent calendar for the postal carrier. Again, we're not giving it to the postal carrier. We're just opening it. And guess what? We got advent calendars for wine. We got them for candy. I saw one yesterday that was for fucking cheese. A cheese advent calendar. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you move the advent calendar off the top shelf of the fridge? I have to put the leftovers away. It's, I, I wish I was kidding. I wish I was joking. Costco sold an advent calendar for dogs. 
And what do we do? Because we have nothing else going on. We buy them. But then now every day we're going to be posting today and on today's advent calendar, we've got a Merlot. Uh, my dog got a pig's ear. We've got a sharp cheddar. And then we've got four Reese's Pieces. Four of them. What in the hell? I haven't had an advent calendar since I was 11 years old. Remember it very fondly. Very fondly. Um, did not know this was the year. Was this a thing before this year or are we all bored? I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw an advent calendar in the store. Now, if you're doing them for your kids, duh, you know, a lot of us did that growing up. And by the way, you don't have to celebrate Christmas to have an advent calendar. And if you don't know what an advent calendar is, just open social media, but it's basically you open the calendar for every day leading up to Christmas and you get a little something or other. In my case, as a child, it was chocolate. Um, but it was this a thing or are we just bored? I can't figure it out. And if I have to sit through another 24 fucking days of you opening a Reese's cup, I'm going to do nothing about it. I'm probably going to watch every single one of them, but it's enough already. Um, what I meant to say before I got into the advent calendar spewing was it's the Spotify wrapped season of the year where Spotify gives you your list of like, who were your top artists? What were the top songs that you listened to? I am obsessed by this. I am obsessed by seeing other people's. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I'm sure there are people out there that are like, those are the most annoying things in the world, um, to which I would say fair. So my song of the week happens to be my top song from 2020. I don't know how to tell you how much I love this song. This song is by far and away, say what you will about the artist, but this song is one of the best pop records of all time. It's a unique sound that I've never heard. I've never heard a song like this before. It's so non-traditional. I listened to it for a total of, I think they said, I don't want to admit this. I really don't want to admit this. Almost 1600 minutes this year. I don't know what that equates to and I don't want to find out. Um, but your girl listened to it a lot. It's Sunflower Volume 6 by Harry Styles. It is sunshine in a gift box. It's enough sunshine to fill the entire advent calendar. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was my top song of 2020. Um, it's so good. You've got to listen to it. Uh, what else from my Spotify? My top decade that I listened to was the 70s. Anybody surprised by that? Nobody. Um, my number one genre was soft rock, but I like to call it yacht rock just because I'm a yacht rock captain. Um, so many. I think Taylor Swift was my top artist. Thank you. Fol folklore. What were your guys's? Send me pictures in my DMs. I'm so obsessed with, I just feel like it, it's so telling. You learn so much about a person by the music that they listen to. Maybe I'm reading too far into it, but I think it's so cool. And then Spotify makes you the playlists of like the most, uh, the most common songs that you listen to, like your top 100. It's just so fun. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, let's get to the rating scale. Um, let's, let's do a book recommendation. 
Hi, my name's Callan, and I've started reading books. I don't like to read, and I don't feel ashamed to say that. In my free time, my entire life, I always chose to listen to music and read lyrics rather than read books. Um, and I'm not ashamed of that. Okay? All you Oprah's Book Club members out there, judge away. But this year, again, motivated by boredom, I started reading books. Now, occasionally throughout my years, if something really sounded interesting to me, I would read it, but it's hard to keep my attention in books. Um, but this year I started reading a lot of self-help books. Gabby Bernstein, um, I started reading her books. And then of course, you know that I love my celebrity autobiography, Jessica Simpson, Mariah Carey. Um, my friend Steph recommended this book. It's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Holy shit. Now, to give you a little bit of background on Glennon Doyle, she was, she's always been an author in her professional career. She was married with children and she was, I don't want to say like a Christian author, but that type, you know, like I love my husband. I want to be the perfect mom, the perfect wife. And rah, rah, rah. Then her husband cheated on her. She tried to make her marriage work, but was really reaching towards living an authentic life and being the perfect mother, the perfect wife was not to her, um, her chosen path, her, her, her authentic life. So she divorced her husband and married a woman. And this book is unbelievable. You guys, it is all about living your authentic life. And she tells so many stories about her life as a mom, as a wife to her ex-husband, as a wife to her current wife, um, as a woman, just as a woman, as a person. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I don't, I started reading it. I have not been able to stop. I have it on Audible and I just am constantly re-listening. It is so inspiring. And I am in a phase right now where I kind of feel like I am really coming into my womanhood and I'm really, really striving to be as authentic as I can. And this is helping me undo so many of those learned behaviors, so many of those things that you cling to as a woman and as a mother specifically that you don't really know why you believe them or why you participate in this thought pattern, but you do just because it's something that you maybe watched your mother do or your sisters do um, or maybe close close women in your life but they don't sit right with you. And this is a book about leaning into that and accepting that we are all different and we can all do feel, say, what we feel is authentic to us despite what anybody else tells us. I cannot recommend this book enough. You do not have to be a woman or a wife or a partner or a parent to relate to the sentiment of this book. Again, it's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's absolutely fabulous. We watched on Netflix 
the most intense, beautiful movie I've ever seen. It's called Hillbilly Elegy, which I was telling everybody was redneck elegy. So my apologies. It's Hillbilly Elegy. You guys, holy shit. My husband and I both cried. Um, it's in essence a book about a son who grows up with his mother as an addict. Um, and it's just a story of perseverance and unconditional love and removing fear from love, removing self from other people's bad habits. I've shared with you guys before that my mother was a very serious addict. Um, when I was from about the time that I, well, my entire life, but really became an issue between the ages of 14 and 21. Um, and if you have an addict as a parent or in your close family or even your family, um, or even an alcoholic, this movie will really resonate with you in a deep way. I'll be honest with you. Um, it is it is very difficult to watch and it may be triggering for some people, but for me, I felt very seen and I felt very heard because I related so deeply to the content. It's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful movie based on a true story, which was even more um, emotional for me. But again, it's called Hillbilly Elegy. It was released last week. It's awesome. Now, in the name of journalism, in journalism alone, I watched Wonder, the Sean Mendez documentary. Did you guys watch it? Um, oh, I haven't been rating these, but they're both 10 out of 10. Wonder, I hate to say this because I'm kind of a Sean Mendez lover hater, depending on the company that I'm keeping. I'm going to give Wonder a 9 out of 10. Now, it is not what you think it is. When I see Sean Mendez, I want to have sex. And so, when you watch this, it's you don't want to have sex. You just want to be, you just want to, you just want to nurture him. Like you just want to give him a hug. You just want to like put moisturizer on his face and just give him a little boop on the nose. You know, you just want to kiss him and feed him an oat bran muffin. He's so tender. I was telling my friends that I've renamed him tender and mild. He is such a gentle tender, delicate soul. You know, he's like a wild flower in a meadow. You just want to pick it up and give it a little kissy on the face. Um, he's very talented. He is gay. He is, I mean, you guys, he's gay. Like, I don't want to out people. I'm not, you know, that I'm an ally and I take all of that very seriously, but my man opens the fucking movie in a sleeveless, blush colored blouse. It is a straight up blouse. Okay. Come on. And I, no, I am not here to say like men can't be tender. Men can't be emotional. My husband is the most sensitive, gentle, tender person that I've ever met when it comes to men. But Sean Mendez is gay. Okay. Um, I am fascinated it, it basically just goes through kind of his tour and writing this new album that's coming. Um, I saw him in concert last year. It was fabulous. He's incredibly talented. He is not your average Justin Bieber type. He is very different. He's a, an, a true artist. I will give him that. 
And his story is super interesting. He started out on Vine and just rose to fame from there. But I'm so fascinated by seeing where did its celebrity grow up? Like he takes us to his childhood home. It's incredibly average in the most lovely way. And then he takes us to his current penthouse in Toronto, which again, it reminds me of like when the frat boy gets his first job in finance and buys his first apartment, you know, like they have the black leather couch. They've got the like bath and body works candle that one of their girlfriends bought them on the black wood dining room table. It's totally unassuming. Um, so I was fascinated by that. And then it shows us his relationship with Camila Cabello, who you just watch them together and it's uncomfortable, you know? And then I was laughing because, of course, in my mind, I'm like, when is he going to come out of the closet? So he talks about in the documentary and you have to listen closely because you might miss it. But he talks about how he loved when he and Camila could finally spend the night with one another because they spent time just talking and, you know, Figuring out how to work the Keurig. Now, unless the Keurig is some type of sex toy that I'm not privy to, if the first thing you're going to talk about when you spent the night with your girlfriend was figuring out how to make coffee in the morning, you're either incredibly respectful and good for you, or you are hiding something. Am I right? Am I right? Um, you have to watch it. It's super interesting. I love him. Speaking of celebrities with documentaries, the Taylor Swift, um, she released, what are we going to call it? Like a studio session of folklore on Disney Plus. I thought that, I thought Disney Plus was a weird service. Disney Plus is like, Disney Plus is the Peloton of streaming services. Like, it's a beautiful idea in theory. And when you get it, you're going to use it a lot. Like, when you get it, you're going to watch Aladdin, Lion King, Little Mermaid, Toy Story. But then after you watch all of those, it's just going to be an icon on the smart TV, baby. The Peloton is going to turn to a place that you put your clothes that you just ironed. Um, we're not going to use it. Like we were so geeked for Disney plus. I think I've used it twice once to watch this Taylor Swift documentary. Is it worth watching? If you like folklore? Yes. I cried three times. Why? I'm not sure. Um, it's not eventful. You could definitely put it on while you like fold laundry or do the dishes or whatever. Um, wow. Listen to me. Gender stereotyping. That was really something. Um, you could definitely put it on in the background while you are writing your number one best-selling album or book. Okay, how about that? Um, but her bangs, there's something going on with the bangs. Now, I have an abundance of respect for celebrities who are doing their own hair and makeup right now. Proud of you. Mean it. It's a pandemic. We can't have 55 people in our household. Kim Kardashian, I'm fucking looking at you, bitch. But Taylor Swift's bangs, I'm like, girl, did you look in the mirror before you left the house? And then in one scene, she's wearing like a crushed velvet burnt orange smock dress. I'm like, and again, what? Um, but that's okay because we value women for who they are, not what they're wearing. Callan, get it together. Glennon Doyle, I hope you're not listening. Um, but it's interesting. It's good. 
again, I've seen her live. I was a Fairweather fan before I saw her live show two years ago. I am all the fuck in with her after seeing her live. It was mind-blowing, life-changing, a baptism. Um, she is so talented. Her voice um, is beautiful. Her lyrics are insane. I love her. But this is like, compared to the Shawn Mendes, eh. Um, I'm going to give that one a... Oh, hold on, let me check the equation. Okay, it came out to be a 6.97. A 6.97, according to the arithmetic. And don't come for me. It's the equation, okay? Um, let's see here. Did you guys hear about Alexis Sharkey? This is so interesting. Well, not interesting, but a 26-year-old influencer from Houston, which I think she has like 30,000 followers on Instagram. So, sorry, taking a sip of my coffee. She was pretty popular, I think, in the Houston area, but maybe not on a national or international level. But maybe, maybe you've heard of her. Her name is Alexis Sharkey. Absolutely beautiful. Her and her husband um, moved to Houston, Texas um, within the last two, I think, one to two years. Anyway, she was texting friends the day after Thanksgiving. Hey, what are you guys up to? Are we going to get together? Um, and this texting conversation ended super abruptly. Nobody heard from her. So her friends called the police called the husband. Her husband's much older than she is, um, which red flag alert. And nobody could find her. They put out a missing persons report. Long story short, somebody found her in the bushes right by the freeway, like close to her apartment complex, naked, and appeared to be unharmed, like no major physical injuries, obviously deceased. So that's a developing story. I think there's definitely foul play with the husband. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I am wrong, but anytime somebody goes missing and someone other than the spouse is reporting it, it's weird, right? Like, my husband would definitely be the first person to realize that I was gone um, or not responding or whatever, you know? Um, and also, if I wasn't responsive, all of my friends would first reach out to my husband like, hey, is Callan good or is her cell phone dead? Like, what's going on? They wouldn't call the police. I don't know. Um, but rest in peace to this absolutely stunning woman. Um, and as more details come out about that, I will definitely update you. I missed a segment in November and really it was a golden opportunity. Did you guys hear about No Nuance November? It's a trend on TikTok, but basically people just freestyle about their unpopular opinions and it's under the guise of No Nuance November. So I wanted to talk about, let's see, what do I have here? One, two, three, four, five unpopular opinions that I have Um and I know it's December, but we're going to call it No Nuance November. The first one would, of course, be, and I talk about this very freely, Beyonce. I don't fucking get it. Do I think she's beautiful? Absolutely. It's undeniable. Do I think she has a great voice? Undeniable. Absolutely. I can see that she's a diva. I'm just telling you, I don't fucking get it. What was that album that came out? The Lemonade? Was it Lemonade? I tried so hard to like that. I was just like, what is this? Is this music? What is this? Um, 
she seems like she's really full of herself and fucking annoying. Um, her Instagram fucking infuriates me. Like you can't even throw us a caption. Really? You're going to name your children Blue Ivy and Sir and Rumi? What? Um, I, I just, it's an, it's an absolute no for me, Beyonce. I'm so sorry. I could tolerate you back in the independent woman days. I'll even give you bootylicious, but you started to lose me um, at single ladies. You started to lose me. I understand that you're a pioneer, but goodbye. See you never. Um, another opinion, wine. Why, why as adults is wine like, if you say you drink wine, you're in the popular crowd. Remember in middle school where it was like you weren't cool unless you had Abercrombie track pants? Wine are the Abercrombie track pants for those in their 30s. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm a vodka girl. I try to drink wine. And let me tell you how that goes. I drink wine. My face feels hot. Then I turn into a slut. Okay. I look at my husband I'm like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Do you want? He's like, really? It's 6 p.m. No, I don't want to go 69 and neither do you. Are you drinking wine? Um, so we get hot face. We turn into a slut. Uh, or as my friend Melissa put it, it gets real lusty. Then instant fatigue. Instant. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I'm sleeping. I'm talking like each limb weighs 500 pounds and I can't move from this couch. Then if I don't fall asleep in that very short fatigue window, I get a fucking migraine. Now you may say, Callan, that's because you're drinking cheap wine. Yeah, I'm not spending $200 on a bottle of something that I don't fucking like. And I don't think you're any cooler because you do. I can't tell the difference between Boone's Farm, Barefoot, Kendall Jackson, um, something straight from the hills of Italy. I don't give a shit. Okay. It all is okay at best. If I can dump half a can of Diet Coke into my red wine, I can choke it down and I have no problem with it, but I don't like how I feel when I drink it. And I don't care. I don't care that I don't fit in. Now, do I enjoy doing wine tastings? Yes, absolutely. It's a fucking blast and I don't know why, but I'm so sick of people being like, I'm having a glass of wine. You know what? I'm having a vodka co cocktail and fuck you. How about that? Um, let's see. Holiday makeup sets. This is a perfect, wow, this is so seasonally appropriate. Look at you, Callan. Let me tell you what holiday makeup sets are. Holiday makeup sets are when cosmetic companies put out either sample sizes in a Christmas box or they take all their s products from the past year that haven't done well, group them together and put them in a box that looks like a Christmas ornament and then you pay double the amount for it. Don't fall for the holiday gift sets, okay? They're a load of garbage. It's either sample sizes or shitty products that didn't pass quality control on the first run or didn't sell well through the year. And again, they put them in packaging that looks like Santa's beard, and then you pay triple the amount for them. Do not fall for it. It's stupid. I hate it, and it drives me insane. Now, did I make that clear? 
<laughs> wow, I'm really just feisty today. Um, chicken wings. It's an absolute no for me. If you want to watch someone eat like an absolute fucking animal, if you want to watch somebody rip meat, veins, and flesh from a bone, go on a safari. Go to the zoo at feeding time. Do not go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Do not eat chicken wings near somebody. I, or actually just meat off of the bone. When I tell you it nauseates me, this is why I don't watch the Discovery Channel. I do not like to watch one animal completely dismantle another animal. It makes me nauseous. It is also the reason that I don't watch Dr. 90210 or Grey's Anatomy. I don't like to see open flesh wounds where bones are showing. So what makes you think I want to eat fucking chicken wings? Then I have to get chastised when I eat chicken wings because I don't sit there and eat like a fucking tiger. I pull off the meat that is very clearly meat. I eat it and I leave the cartilage on my plate like an like a fucking normal human being. And no, I don't want to hear the lecture about boneless wings don't have half the flavor. What is the flavor that you're looking for? Bone marrow? Is it blood? Is it vein? Do veins have a flavor? What did I miss here? It is disgusting. And then to sit there and people lick their fingers. Then they lick their fingers. Then they're touching their cell phone. Then they're touching your cell phone. Then they want to shake your hand. Listen, even before the pandemic, this was a contagion meal, okay? This is not safe, it's not normal, and it's fucking disgusting. Watching my husband eat a chicken wing makes me want to rip my toenails off, okay? He looks like a fucking animal. And then I, I have to get chastised because I don't want fucking brain matter all over my face, from dismantling this fucking chicken wing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I don't want veins and muscles sludge all over my face. I just want to use a fork and knife like a normal human. It's a no for me, okay? And if we're going to do wings, we're going to do boneless wings, which we all know isn't a real thing. So let's just avoid them all, okay? And my last No Nuance November is going to be about the pandemic. So if this bothers you, then I'm sorry, but this is my podcast and my opinion. Don't tell me you're staying home and you're staying safe. And then I can't tell you how many fucking conversations I've had like this. Ah, I'm playing right now. I'll be playing the role of me. Yes, we are staying home and staying safe. We socialized with one friend over the summer and one family member or household over the summer outdoors um, for the most part. But we really are staying safe. We are not going anywhere. We are staying home. We do grocery delivery. If somebody has to go to the grocery store, it's me. Um, we wear masks. We wear gloves. Okay, now I'll be playing the role of somebody who just told me they were staying safe. Us too. We are staying safe too. Anyway, I've got to get going because my uncle is on his way over with his neighbor, uh, but they stay safe. They only go to three restaurants a week. They did just get their hair done. Also, they just went and um, they bought a new couch. 
and they sat inside the delivery truck with everybody from the furniture store with no masks on. Anyway, they're coming over for dinner, and also my mom is coming over for dinner. My mom's an ICU nurse. Um, and then after dinner, we're all going to go to the movies, and then from the movies, we're going to go to Target. And then tomorrow, again, we'll continue to stay safe. I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby. I'm going to go to Party City. I'll be going out to lunch with my friends. I'm going to go get my hair done, get my nails done. Um, but yes, we too, Callan, are staying safe. Are you fucking kidding me right now? You've got to be fucking kidding me. Here's the thing. Live your life. Live your life how you want to live it. It's really sad that that's what it's fucking come to in the middle of a pandemic. um, That our own, quote, mental health is more important than the greater good. Which, hot tip, I've been worried about mental health since I learned that River Phoenix um, overdosed outside the Viper Room when I was seven years old. People have been committing fucking suicide for decades now. So congratulations to all of you who want to say, mental health, mental health. Mental health's been a fucking problem forever. So don't insult people who have lost family members to suicide, who have struggled with mental health their entire life like myself. But now mental health this year is a fucking buzzword to make people feel okay that they can't go three months without getting a fucking haircut. I'm all fucking set. Don't pretend like your ass is staying safe when you welcome any and everybody into your household. You go to 15 stores a fucking day. Stay in your fucking house. People are fucking dying here. All right. I haven't done anything all fucking year. I haven't got my nails done, my hair done. I haven't done any of that shit. Anything outside of the grocery store, I order online. Period. Yes, in the summertime, when cases weren't like they were in Michigan, I would go to Target at 8 a.m. Or I would go to Meyer at 9 p.m. when no one was there. And I wear gloves and I wear a mask and I stay the fuck away from people. I haven't seen my family all fucking year. My grandma's 82 years old. I haven't seen her since February. So if you don't want to stay safe because you have no empathy or emotional fluency or thoughts that God, I really can't tell my my mom that I can't see her because she doesn't stay safe and I want to keep my family safe and my community safe. That's your fucking prerogative, but don't insult me by telling me that you live a safe lifestyle and then when I go on fucking Instagram, I see that you're out at this restaurant, you're doing this, you're doing this. That's not staying safe. And if you feel ashamed about those decisions, that's your fault. Think about that for a second. We are in a pandemic and every other civilized country has been able to hold it down because they think of staying at home and wearing a mask as a sacrifice that we have to make in order to do things. They don't think of it as somebody penalizing their freedoms and taking away their rights. They think it of, hey, this is the responsibility that I have in order to keep my rights. I'm, I'm over it. People are dying. This is real. It's not a conspiracy. It's not a political issue. There are people out there that can't stay home because they have to go to work. They have to send their kids to school because they don't have care for them at home. If you have the ability to stay safe, don't go see every fucking friend. Don't go get your hair done. This shit doesn't matter. One of my dear friends has sacrificed everything. She's single. She stays home. She didn't even celebrate Thanksgiving with her dad because she wants to keep people safe. 
I am so over this bullshit. This is never going to fucking end unless we lock it down. That means making tough decisions. That means, yeah, you might have to sacrifice your mental health for a little while. My mental health is non-existent and hasn't been since March. But you know what? I'm still making safe decisions because I care about my community. I care about essential workers. I care about my family. I care about my friends. Quit making excuses. It's embarrassing. And quit fucking claiming mental health. It drives me nuts. There are actually people who are really suffering mentally right now. And I guarantee we don't know about those people. I guarantee it. Quit going to Target and saying, I need to get out for my mental health. You're a grown ass person. I've never once heard you talk about mental health. Get out of here with that. Rant over. Rant over. Man. Anyway... I was going to tell you the story about how my husband and I met, but I'm going to end on that note. That's my serious note. God, it feels good. You know what? Sometimes it just feels good to say it how you fucking feel. You know, man, say it like you mean it. All right. Next episode. I'm really hoping my husband can guest host. I'm, I'm hoping that David will go to sleep at a normal hour so we can record this uninterrupted. He's hilarious. We have so much fun together. You'll really enjoy him. Stay safe this week. If you are somebody who celebrated with family members on Thanksgiving, please just behave in a way that you were exposed to coronavirus. Wear a mask. It is the the biggest sign of love and appreciation you can show somebody. Um, you don't look like a wimp. You look like a fucking superhero when you wear a mask. Wear a mask. Please limit your activities keep other people around you safe. We are all in this together. And this is the only way we're going to get out of this is if we treat each other with respect and dignity. I love you so much. Thank you so, so much for listening. Please have an incredible week. Take care of yourself. It's getting cold. Um, just take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Have an awesome week. You absolutely deserve it. Don't forget, never leave the house without a sense of humor a positive attitude, and your gold hoops. I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.